listening to audio from Twin Villages Church in Damariscotta, Maine. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit twinvillageschurch.org. Great to be here with you this morning. We are super thankful that uh, we can be part of this church, uh, even, though, even though far away. Uh, that we have the same Lord and uh, uh, that we can belong to the same family. Uh, I think it's appropriate, as we are going to read from God's Word, that I ask you to stand up with me. Uh, so if you, if you may stand up, because we are going to read from God's Word and hear uh, what the Lord has to say to us this morning. And I'm going to read from Matthew uh, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. And those are the verses that are going to be Uh, The foundation for today's sermon. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet, I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes... The grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much that uh, we have the time to examine it and, and to hear from it this morning. God, I pray for these dear brothers and sisters that you would bless them uh, through the preaching of your word. And I pray that you would help me, uh, a sinner who's been anxious very often uh, to minister your word to these people well, and that uh, it will be through your word and through your Holy Spirit that our lives would be changed so we can live for your glory and live like your children and, um, and don't be anxious. God, we thank you for this opportunity, and we pray that you will bless our time in your word. Amen. 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 You may be seated. So I think it's safe to say that uh, everyone here this morning Uh, either went through or is going through or will probably soon uh, go through some kind of a difficult situation. And, uh, you know, difficult situation always uh, gives an opportunity 
for sinful anxiety, right? And, and Jesus in the scripture today is calling us not to be sinfully anxious. You know, it's, it's okay to, to wonder about, you know, who am I going to marry? And it's okay to wonder about where am I going to go to school? Or, you know, is there going to be another sale in Walmart? That's, those things are okay. They are not necessarily sinful. But what Jesus is talking about is, is sinful anxiety. It's the state of your heart when you are not trusting God and when you are living like there is no God, right? Like you, you are thinking like everything is in my hands, everything is under my power, and, and now I'm super anxious because I do not know how this or that is going to turn out. You know, and it might be connected with your job, it might be connected with your relationship, it might be connected with your health, it might be connected with your marriage, it might be connected with your rebellious children, or, or being a single, or things in a church, or, or a church build, building, or, you know, in the case of uh, your faith, uh, with losing a loved one. And all those things in my life and in your life are opportunities to either trust God by His grace or, or be sinfully anxious. The good news of today's portion of God's Word is that you do not have to react uh, to hard and stressful situations like the world around you, like the world around you. There goes my first W, but you'll, you'll get it, right? You know what I'm talking about. And you look at, a, you look at the world, world around you, you look at the people around you that do not know Christ, and, uh, and, and you see that very often they are super anxious, right? Because, because they live like that there is no God. But we do not have to have the same reaction. Uh, we don't have to go through depression. We don't have to go by God's grace uh, through anxiety and through sinful worrying. And, and the reason for that is not because, you know, as Christians we are better uh, or we are stronger, stronger or we are, we are smarter. And it's not, it's not also because uh, Christ promised us that you and I will have an easy life, right? Like, uh, that there's nothing in the scriptures that would say that you as a Christian are going to have an easy life and that you as a Christian uh, are going to have a great marriage and that you as a Christian are not going to suffer death or, 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 or sickness or any of that. And the, the good news is that we can go through life without sinful anxiety uh, because of the four glorious reasons that Jesus gives you in this passage. And I'll try to move through them swiftly, but uh, it's probably going to take a... Uh, almost an hour to go through them. So I hope you're ready. I hope you are well rested. And I hope that my funny accent is going to keep you on your tiptoes, always wondering what in the world he is saying. So uh, the point number one in this passage, uh, what I want you to see first is uh, don't be anxious because you have a living God for your Lord or as your Lord. So number one, don't be anxious because you have a living God as your Lord. And Jesus opens up this passage with these words. If you look uh, to the verse 25 again, he says, for this reason, I say to you, if you would be back in the Kursim, if you would be back in our church, uh, we go through Ma uh, Gospel of Matthew these days, uh, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And uh, so, so people in our church would know what happened last week in the verses 24 and 23 and 22, but you probably don't. So when Jesus says, for this reason, I say to you, uh, you need to know that he is referring to the previous verses, right? That, that's the context we are in. And, and in the previous context, he showed his disciples that they are not slaves of wealth and they are not slaves of money, but they are slaves of a living God. So Jesus is saying, because, because you belong to God, because you belong to living God, because you have a living God as your Lord, because God, not wealth, is your Lord. 
for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life uh, as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to, as to what you will put on. It's not life more than food and body more than clothing. And in other words, what Jesus is saying is, you know, if, if your Lord is property, if, if your Lord uh, is, is, is money, if, if your Lord is lifeless stuff, then you really have a good reason to be worried about, right? Why? Because your house can care less about you. Because all the money you have in your bank uh, can care less about you. Because, because all the stuff in this world is lifeless, right? And, and if that's your Lord, if that's where you're putting your trust into, then you have every reason to worry about because, because money and a house and a car and a, and a good insurance policy uh, really, at the end, cannot do anything for you. You know, they are, they are dumb and dead masters. They don't care about you one bit and uh, they don't have any power to help you. And many, many, many rich people uh, will tell you just that, right? Like the, the people that this world looks up to, like, oh my goodness, they are rich and they have beautiful houses and, and they have all these doctors and, and, and they must be so secure. Like if you talk to them, they would be like, no, you know, there, there's no security in these things. And uh, here's one thing that you need to know, okay? Especially young people, if you are going to school or if you, if you are thinking about quitting school, you know, I don't, I don't want you to go home today and be like, hey, hey, mom and dad, the pastor said, I don't have to worry about life. I don't have to worry about clothing. I don't have to worry about school. So I'm dropping, you know, I'm in the third grade, but I'm dropping <laughs> because I want to apply what Jesus says. And I love Jesus. And the pastor told me, you know, you don't have to worry about anything. So that's, that's I'm sorry to disappoint you kids and, and young, young people. That's not what Jesus is saying, right? And he's not saying that here. He's not saying that anywhere else in the Bible. Uh, you know, 2 Thessalonians 3.10, uh, Paul guided, uh, led by the Holy Spirit, he says, if anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to what? He is not to eat either. Uh, Proverbs 6, uh, verse 6 and verse 9 says, go to the end, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? So, so the scripture has a lot of to say uh, to people who are sluggers, to people who are lazy. You know, the, the, the scripture tells us, go to work and study and do all these things. And when Jesus says, do not be worried about your life, he is not saying, quit school. He's not saying, you know, just sit on your couch at home, uh, don't go to work, and, and wait for the lobsters to crawl out of the sea, jump to your pots at home, cook themselves, and, you know, spill butter all over themselves, and, and be like, here I am, you know. Uh, the Lord sends me, enjoy me. Uh, on the other side, when Jesus commands his disciples, which includes you, to live a worldless life, and, and I want to point out, this is a command from Christ, right? This is a command uh, from our shepherd to his sheep. This is a command from, from our Lord to, to his people. When he commands his disciples to live a worldless life, he is not calling you or me to irresponsible living, right? Uh, but to a kind of living in which you trust him in everything, right? Like, like you have your responsibilities and, 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 and you take care of your responsibilities that are God-given responsibilities, but then you leave everything else in his hands. So you, so you leave your family and you leave the outcome at the Lord. You go to work, but you leave the outcome at the Lord. You, 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 know, you go to see a doctor if you need to see a doctor, but you leave the outcome at the Lord instead of 
trusting in yourself, trusting in the properties, trusting in humans and, and people and politicians, you, you trust into the Lord. So he's calling you to a kind of living which will clearly display that you live under his sovereign care, right? And that's, and that's, that's a huge privilege that we have is, you know, Jesus is not calling you to be a superhuman. When, when, he's, when he's calling you to, to live an anxiety-free life, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with him. You know, it's not like you try really hard and, and you focus on yourself and you focus on your positive thinking and, and tomorrow you try harder. Like when he's calling you to anxiety-free living, it's like, look at me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a good, good God. I'm, I'm a living God. I'm, I'm, a your, I'm your heavenly father. I have everything in my hands and I, and I just want you to trust me in all these things. So, you know, this is, this is nothing that we can do by ourselves. Uh, with, with our own power, this has to do everything with him. And that's even this morning, you know, we, we, we need to be at the end of the sermon asking him, God, help us to live uh, like you want us to live because, because this, the strength and the source of the strength is in you. So God wants you to plan. God wants you to study. God wants you to work hard and, and serve. But he also wants you to remember that he is your Lord and he will take care of you in any situation. And he wants you to trust him, not just by your words, right? Like, I'm a Christian and I trust God. And, and that's super easy to do, especially on a good days, right? Like, nobody's dying, everybody's healthy. The, the, the check for my work came in. But he wants you to do that also with, with the attitude of your life and, and, and the attitude of your heart also in the dark times. You know, and I just love what it says in, in a Psalm 97, verse 1. Psalm 97, verse 1, it says, the Lord reigns. <laughs> you know, and, and our Heavenly Father, He wants us, by His strength, by the Holy Spirit that's in us, uh, to live the fact that He reigns. And notice, it says, the Lord reigns. It doesn't say that He once reigned, you know, a long time ago in a land far, far away, <laughs> There was a God who once reigned, but he doesn't reign anymore. No, it's, 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 a, it's Lord reigns. He, he, he reigned, he's reigning, and he will reign forever. And I notice it also doesn't say that he reigns over some things, but that he reigns over everything. And what this means, those three simple words in English, the Lord reigns, it means he reigns everywhere. Do you believe that? It means he reigns every time. Do you believe that? It means that he reigns over every situation. And that's the truth. And therefore, you don't have to be anxious, right? You, you can rest in his arms because he reigns. And God wants you, as a, as a living Lord of your life, to show with your anxiety-free living that he is an almighty Lord for whom nothing is too difficult. And I love what it says in Jeremiah 32, 27, where God says, Behold, I am Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? And the answer is so simple that God doesn't even bother to answer because the answer is no. Like, obviously, nothing is too difficult for God, right? Like, he created this world by the power of his word 6,000 years ago and in six 24-hour uh, literal days. And, 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 and he created everything uh, out of nothing, and nothing is too difficult for him. And, and we as his children, by his power, by his strength, uh, are to reflect to this world through our, through our anxiety-free living that He is indeed an almighty God. 
And he also wants you to magnify to this world that he is an all-knowing God. Psalm 139 verse 4 says, Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. Right? So if we are living anxiously as Christians in this world, we are basically telling to this world, you know what? Our God is not almighty. He doesn't have everything in his hands. Uh, he is not sovereign. He doesn't rule everything. And he is also not all-knowing because, you know what? Like, he might have known about this or that, but certainly he didn't know about, uh, you know, this person dying or this person being sick or, or this accident. And, and we are anxious and, and therefore sending a signal to this world that our God is a dumb God, that, that he's not all-knowing, that there are things that he needs to learn. But if by God's grace and through his strength, we can live anxiety-free lives, then it shows the world around us that we trust God who is all-knowing. You know, and you are not anxious um, because even if life surprises you, you know that it didn't surprise him, right? So, you know, we can, we can talk about Pastor Phil, we can talk about faith, which was probably a huge surprise to everybody around them. My, my kids were telling me that uh, they, they got to meet Faith's sister at a, at a wedding of, uh, of Elijah and how, how wonderful she was, and how great she was, and how engaging she was, and how friendly she was, and, and now she's, she's gone, you know, and it comes as a shock to us, because we do not know all things, but our God does, right? And, and it was Matthew who said it on the beginning of the sermon, like, you know, like God knows about everything. That, that's, what it, that's what it means, that He is all-knowing. There are no surprises for God. There are no accidents on, on God's uh, uh, plan and in his, in his mind. So uh, another thing that God wants you to do is to show with your worldless life, with your anxiety-free life, that he is a ever-present Lord. Jeremiah 23, 24 says, Can a man hide himself in hiding places so I do not see him, declares the Lord. Do I not fill the heavens and the earth, declares the Lord. And, you know, once again, uh, if we are anxious, we are showing to the world and we are living like people whose God is not ever-present. But God here gives us his truthful testimony that he is every present, that, that he's in every single place, that, that there's not one place in this, in this entire world that you can be separated from him. You know, like no depth is too deep, no, no, no cave is too dark, no, no height is, is too high for, for God not to be there. So even when you are alone, you know, and that there might come a day, even in this nation, when you're going to be in a prison for the name uh, for, for, for the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Like, you're going to be preaching the gospel. You're going to be living according to what God tells you in, in His Word. And, and it, 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 is, it is very possible that even in this country, that, that is a free, uh, free country, that you might end up, end up in a jail. But a good thing is that you don't have to be anxious in a jail. You don't have to feel like, oh my goodness, like, like I'm, I'm all by myself because God tells you in Jeremiah 23, 24, no, he is there with you. Do I not fill the heavens and the earth, declares the Lord. He wants you to live like a person who believes that God is also a wise God, right? He wants you to show with your worldless life that he is a wise Lord. Isaiah 55, verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. So you might be thinking that 
you deserve health, right? You might be thinking you deserve a, a marriage. You might, you might be thinking that you deserve good kids. You might be thinking that you deserve a promotion in your work and that you deserve a full fridge or, or a good, high, good, good house, rather. And you might think that you know the best, the best plan for your life and the best plan for your family and the best plan for, for your children. And you might indeed think even this morning that your plan is the most magnificent and that God, God probably should give you a phone call and, and to learn from you, right? Like, you know, hey, Matt, hey, Radek, hey, Chef, like, I just wanted to check in, like, you know, how, how, do, you, how do you see it from down there? You know, like, uh, you know, is there anything I missed? Is there, you know, anything I can learn from you? Like, I, I would really appreciate if you can share a little bit of your wisdom with me because, you know, I'm up here. You know, there are lots of clouds between me and you. And, and uh, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm accordance to your, to your wonderful plan. Uh, you know, and, and when we are living anxiety, when our lives are filled with anxiety, sinful anxiety, we are basically showing to this world, and we, we are showing to this world, like, our, our God is not wise, right? Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, my goodness, I cannot believe he messed up this thing. Oh, my goodness, I cannot believe that, that he didn't go according to my plan. Like, what was he thinking, you know? But the thing is that it's us who need to be learning from him. It's us who, who, who are not wise. It's us who do not know all things. And it's us whose plans are so much lower and, and thoughts are so much lower than, than his thoughts and his plans. And God wants us to show with your lives, with our lives, that we trust his wisdom over, over our own. That we understand that when things do not go our way, that they are definitely going his way. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. You know how you can know the, the, the will of God? Everything that happened until this point was somehow in the will of God. That, that, that is what we know for sure, right? Uh, if, if it happened, somehow it was part of God's plan. Uh, it was part of his will. I do not know what is his will for tomorrow. Uh, and you do not know what is his will for tomorrow. Uh, we we, we want to pray that, you know, God will give us wisdom how to live tomorrow. But uh, whatever ha happened until this moment uh, was uh, in God's sovereign hands. It was somehow part of his will. And, uh, you know, God says, many are the plans in the mind of you in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So, you know, if you were planning to get married and, and a couple of weeks before your marriage, uh, your fiance uh, falls in love with somebody else, uh, it wasn't your plan, but somehow that is, that's all fitting in, into, into God's uh, purposes. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you were hoping that you will be with your relatives for another 378 years and that you will enjoy uh, retirement together and, 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 and God took them home, you know. You might not understand it. You might not like it. Uh, certainly, probably, it wasn't a plan of your, it wasn't a part of your plan. But if it happened, it was underneath God's sovereign care and God is wise. We might not understand it, uh, but we can live anxious, free lives Trust in Him. Trust in Him. And maybe God will show you on this side of uh, eternity uh, in a couple of days, in a couple of weeks, in a couple of months, you know, how, how something like that glorifies Him. Uh, maybe you will never find out 
why this happened or that happened and how God will be glorified through that. Uh, you, you might find it out uh, once you are on the other side of eternity, but it's okay. You know, we, we, we walk by faith, not by sight. We are, we are every day making a decision after decision to trust God, who is, who is all present, who is almighty, who is all wise, and who is all loving. How could you be anxious? How, can you, how could you be sinfully worried when your God reigns over every detail of your life? When he is loving and good Lord and King. When he is Jehovah Jireh, God who provides. When he is God who, as Philippians 4.19 says, God who will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Right? So, so God provided everything for you in Christ. Uh, when it comes to your salvation, when it comes to your sanctification, when it comes to your glorification, and, and, and certainly he will pro provide everything else that you need in your life. And he will do that. He is a living God. He, he has all the power to do that. And if he is not doing that, it's not because he doesn't have the power. It's just because it's not part of his plan. And that's, that's the part when you need to be learning to trust in him instead of trusting yourself. So Jesus continues in our, in our passage and presents second glorious reason for anxiety-free living. And if you are taking notes, the second reason is don't be overcome by sinful worries because God is your father. So the reason number one is uh, your God is a, is a living God. Your, your, your Lord is a living God. And the second reason for uh, overcoming sinful worries is because God is also your heavenly Father. And this is where you see the intimate care that God has for you and for his children and for his disciples. He is not only your Lord, he is also your Father. And if you have a father, if you have a good relationship with your father, you know how intimate that is, right? Like you can come to your dad with every single problem, right? Like, like dad, my car broke. Dad, I need more money. Dad, I'm, you know, in a, at a school and, and this happened, you know. Uh, dad, somebody's bullying me in the school. Or, or dad, I like this girl and I do not know how to talk to her, you know. And, and your dad comes and grabs the phone and sends a couple text messages and... and uh, <laughs> You know that maybe you want to go to your pastor, not to your dad. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, but, but if you have a good relationship with your dad, you know how intimate and how wonderful and how helpful that is. And, and, uh, and that's where Christ draws our attention now because uh, he shows us that God is also our Father. You have Almighty God as your Father. And here's how Jesus puts it in verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. That they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more? I'm sorry. Are you not worth much more than they? So I hope you, you get what Jesus is saying, right? It's, it's super simple. Even the kids can understand that. And what, what Jesus is basically saying to the people who are sitting around him on, a, on some kind of like a hill, you know, in, in, in Palestine is, he's, he's basically saying, have you ever seen chickadee? Planting crops, right? Like if you, have, have any of you went outside and saw a chickadee dragging a huge bag of seeds outside, right? And be like, oh my goodness, I have to plant for next year. I cannot believe I have to do this all by myself, right? Jesus is saying, have you ever heard about a red cardinals riding tractors and, and plowing, right? Like, 
you know, Red Cardinals flying around being like, hey guys, like I saw Jeff Norton, he left the keys in his John Deere, like that's our opportunity, you know, like you step on the pedal, I'll, I'll be at the steering wheel and, and you make sure he doesn't come back because we need, to, we need to take care of ourselves, we need to worry about like what we are going to eat next year. You know, Jesus is saying, have you ever met a sparrow that was building a barn? You know, like here you probably saw a bunch of Amish uh, people building a barn in like less than 30 seconds, right? It's like 7,000 of them, you know, with 8,000 hammers, less than 30 seconds. It's like, whoa! It's like, was that a miracle? No, it's just our Amish community. And, and we love them, and they're great, and they're a super great example of, you know, working hard and working together. But I, I, I bet you, you never saw a sparrow uh, building, uh, building barns, being worried about like, my goodness, like, hey guys, did you, did you hear what they said on the Fox News? Like, this year was a good year for crop, but next year is going to be terrible. You know, the global warming and everything, you know, we, we need to build barns and bunkers and store, you know, whatever we need to store. They're, they're not doing that. And, uh, and of course they are not doing that. You know, the only thing you see, see them doing is, uh, living anxiety-free bird lives, you know, like there's an there's a anxiety-free chickadee and there's an anxiety-free red cardinal and, and they, don't, they don't need to go to psychologists, they don't need to go like lay on a couch and be talking to somebody. Why? Because in, in a sense, they are dependent on God's provision and, and they trust Him day by day. You know, and, and they do what they are created to do, right? Like they, they go and search. And they go and, and build their nests, but they are not anxious. They trust God. No anxiety whatsoever. And, and Jesus is like, you know, it's like he's grabbing your face and he's like, look around you. Like, look, look, look at the birds. Like, if you, if you are anxious, just like, let me grab your face and let me point you to the birds. Look at them. And, and, and guess who's taking care of them? It's, it's your heavenly father who's taking care of them. And, and notice how Jesus describes God who takes care of them. They do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And, and I love that Jesus doesn't just say, you know, God or, or Yahweh or, or the God of Old Testament. You know, he, he, he doesn't just say the Lord Almighty, you know, which is, which is true as well, but, but he is showing his disciples, it's your heavenly Father who feeds these replaceable birds. So I hope you see what, is, what Jesus is doing. He is helping his disciples to understand very important fact that God is their father and that they are God's children. And we often forget that, right? Like we, 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 we come to church on Sunday and we sing about God and we pray to God, but then during the week we live like kids who, who, who have no father. Like, we, we live like kids, like, man, like, if I don't provide for myself today, I'm going to die. Like, we, we live like, you know, if I don't take things into my own hands, it's, it's going to go uh, wrong, you know. And, and Jesus is saying, you know, if, 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 if your heavenly father is taking such a good care, such a good everyday care about these little common unimportant creatures like these birds, how much more he will take care of his own children. Are you not worth much more than they? And, and the, the, the answer that comes from Jesus is, of course you are much more important than they are. How do we know? Well, we know because God did not create birds to his own image, right? Like, 
Like it's, it's only human beings that are created in God's image. So we know humans are more important. We also know that God did not redeem sparrows by the blood of his son, right? Like Christ didn't come to bleed and lay his life for, for red cardinals or chickadees or sparrows or crows or, 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 or pigeons or, or whatever else. He came to bleed and give his life for humans, for, for men and women. God did not promise heavenly kingdom to finches, but to you. So how, how could you be anxious about your life when your heavenly father is, is providing everything for these birds that, that are like nothing? And, you know, why would you be worried if, if you are everything, you know? And it, it's not like you are worried, like you are great. No, like we are sinners, but, but, you know, God loves you and God created you to his own image. And, and he came in his son, uh, to save you from your sins, you know. And you can go through the whole Bible and just remember how, how good your heavenly father was, right? Like, that's a, that's a, that's a good medicine for anxiety, right? Like, if, if you are in a spot in your life when you are thinking, like, oh, my goodness, like, how is God going to solve this? Like, I'm in this situation. This is what's going on. I didn't sleep for the last three nights because, like, my heart is racing and pacing every single night because I keep thinking, like, Friday is coming or Monday is coming and this meeting is coming and, and that situation is coming. Like, you know, how is God going to take care of that? One way how you can take God's medicine to your anxious heart is to remember how God solved things in your life or, or in lives of others in the past, right? Like, we need to keep remembering, right? Like, so how faithfully God provided for Israel, right? Like, can you imagine 40 years in a wilderness? You know, maybe you've seen the wilderness in the picture. Like wilderness, it means like there's, there's nothing green, right? It's just like rocks, small rocks, big rocks, and bigger rocks. But there is, there is nothing there. It's, it's just sun and, and sand and, 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 a, and a hard wind. But, but God took care of Israelites for 40 years. And it was, it was probably like 2 million of them. They had their cattle. They had their sheep. They had their goats or, or whatever else. And God provided food. God provided water, Right? When, when you look at, into the New Testament, you, you, you see Jesus, how he's providing for the people around him, right? Like so often people follow Jesus and they sit underneath his teaching for a whole day. You know, they came there, they thought like, oh, it's going to be 20 minute sermon. And now it's like almost an hour into it. And it's Jesus. It's not even like Radek. It's Jesus. This is probably going to go until night. And uh, we forgot our lunches and we forgot our breakfast and snacks. And there is no Walmart and no Dunkin' and no, no nothing else. You know, and, and Jesus is not like, you know, like, yeah, be anxious, you know, start running around being like, ah, you know, and, and once you find something to eat, come back. Now Jesus is like, don't panic, you know, everything is okay. Like, I'm here. I know you are here. I know you don't have any food. I know you will get hungry. And uh, I, I just want you to trust me and I'm, I'm, I'm going to provide food for you. But Jesus, we only have, you know, five loaves of bread and two fishes. So now we have a reason to panic. Ah! And Jesus is like, no, no, no. Like, you don't even have to panic with like five loaves of bread and, and two fishes or the other way around or whatever, whatever it was. Because I'm here, you know, like I'm, I'm God, I'm almighty and I'm, I'm going to break it. And I'm going to pray and, and God's going to bless it. And, and I'm going to teach you a super important lesson that everybody's going to be filled. Everybody's going to be filled until they are full and we will still have a leftover. Why? Because I'm God and I care for you. You know, I'm not like a father who's just going to leave you, leave you on the side of the street. I'm going to provide for you. You know, and we can go on and on and on. And you can go, even in this minute, to your own life. 
And remember, my goodness, you know, when I was in a high school, when I was in a university, when, when, when my dad or my mom or sister went through a car accident or when I was sick with this sickness, I, I literally thought I'm going to die. I, I literally thought that this is the end of the world, you know. It might be a marriage. It might be a situation with your kids. And, and I bet right now every one of you could stand up and give a testimony of, of God's goodness. We, we were there. It was dark. We didn't know what's going to happen. We didn't see the light on the end of the tunnel. But now, week later, month later, 10 years later, we can declare God was in control. Back then, we had no idea. We did not understand. We were anxious. But now, we see how God took us through there. And now we understand that we didn't have to be anxious because he was always in control. You know, and then God is not in control only when things are going right in your life, right? <laughs> You know, and, and you are not in control when things are going right in your life, right? Like, like the, the basic foundation thing is you guys and me, we are never in control. That's, that's like if you want to mark something down or if you want to make a cool meme for Facebook, you know, it's like we are never in control, no matter if things go right or wrong. But God is always in control when things go right, according to you, and when things go wrong, according to you. It's all part of his beautiful plan. Listen to what Jesus says next in verse 27. Who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And in other words, what Jesus is saying is, how is sinful anxiety helping you? Right? So, so he's looking at the people that are around him, and he's saying, who of you, by being worried, who of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his life? And in other words, it's basically like he's looking at the people who are sinfully anxious, and he's like, so how is it working? <laughs> how, how, how is it helping? So uh, you didn't sleep for the last three nights, and that solved the problem, right? Like, like now, now you should write a book about it. Like, hey, if you don't sleep for three nights and you are super anxious, uh, then that's, that's going to solve that, right? Like, like, how is your anxiety helping the people with, with their cancer or 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 if, if your loved one died and you were super anxious, they were raised through power of your anxiety. You, you know, like that, that's what Jesus is saying. It's like, like being anxious is, 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 is silly, is, is foolish. It's, it's not trusting God, but it's also not helping anybody and anything. It's, 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 it's not helping the situation. It's not helping the people. And it's not helping you. Anxiety will not fill your fridge. It will not find you your new job. It will not uh, heal cancer. And Jesus is saying, you know, if it, if, it, if it doesn't do any of that, why be anxious? Rather than being anxious, rather than being proud and dependent on yourself, here is what you should do. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at a proper time. And listen, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's what we should do and we must do and we are commanded to do with our anxieties. And notice in verse 7, Peter, but it's really the Holy Spirit, the author of all scripture says... All your anxiety, right? Like God doesn't tell you just some anxiety, the small anxiety, the big anxiety, but all anxiety. And notice it also says, cast it on him. Not for a moment, you know, like what, what, what Peter is saying is not, you know, grab your anxiety, 
bring it to God, show it to him, and then take it back home and keep being anxious, right? Like, hey, God, I'm anxious. Oh, I'm so sorry. And then, like, keep being anxious. It's like, now you take it, you throw it on him, you leave it at your feet, at, at his feet, rather, because you know that he cares for you. You leave it there. You, you do your responsibilities, but you leave it there at the end. And rather than being anxious, obey the Lord when he says what's written in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Once again, this is Paul talking. Uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So you see, it's like put off and put on. You know, these are things that we stop doing because of who Christ is and because of what Christ has done for us and because who we are in Christ. We, we lay them aside. We have the freedom to do that. But we don't just stay in a vacuum. We, we put something on. So you throw away. You, 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 you be anxious for nothing. You put it away. And you replace it with, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So you're replacing anxiety with prayers. You are putting off and you are putting on. You, you, you're replacing trusting in yourself with trusting in God. You're replacing sinful questioning with, with thanksgiving to God. And thanksgiving for the fact that all things are in his hands and that he and that in his power and in his wisdom, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his promises. That's Romans 8.28. So, so the reasons why Christians in a difficult situations can, can be thankful is not because somehow we are morbid. It's not because we are like a... a we love torturing ourselves, and it's not because we are weird. Uh, that the reason why in everything by prayer, we, we can thank God, we, we can be praying with thanksgiving, is because we know He is in control, because we know He has all things in His hands, and we know that whatever He allows in our lives is for our good. And that's why you, instead of being anxious, can be thanking God. Is it hard? It's hard. All of, you, all of you know that, but that we are still called to do that, right? Like by God's grace, we are still called to, to thank God even for the hard things. Is, is cancer good? No. You know, is, is, is death of a loved one good? No. But God has it in his hands, and somehow he will use it to glorify himself and, and strengthen you and strengthen people around you and, and, and form them and shape them to be more like Christ. And what does it mean to be more like Christ? To suffer less? No. Christ died on the cross and he suffered more than any human being on this planet. But it means that even in the sufferings, you trust God. You, you, you place yourself in, into God's hands and then and, and you trust his will and, 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 and you depend on him. And Jesus goes on and, and uses another example. And, and it says, this is the same thing, just in a different word. So we don't need to spend much time here. And he's underlining, underlining the same truth, right? Verse 28. And why are you worried about clothing? And just remember, these people that he's talking to, 
uh, they, they don't have full closets of clothing like you, right? And, and when he's talking to them about food, they, they are not going to come home this afternoon to like a full fridge and full pantry and full garage of like, you know, like a stuff that's good for next seven years. Like he's talking to people that literally have like one piece of clothing, and, and he's talking to people who, who like might have a little bit of extra food, but like not much. And he's telling them, don't be anxious about these things. And if he's telling that, here, here's my point. If he's telling that to people who don't have any clothing, and if he's telling that to people who don't have any food, how much, you know, this uh, belongs to you? Like, like how, how much less you guys... Uh, Need to, need to stop worrying if you are worrying. Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. And once again, you know, like, a, you know, when, when you go to Goodwill or, or TJ Maxx or, or Walmart, I, I don't think any of, any, any, any one of you ever saw like a lily there like pushing a cart, right? Like, oh, Yes, the sales. Uh, yes, they have my size. Come on, guys. Like, you know, like, like you don't see like dandelions and lilies and roses walk into the shops and be like, goodness, like I need to get this deal on, online. They, they are depending on their, on their creator. And, 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 and Jesus is making the same uh, example. You know, he's saying the same thing in a different words. And he's like, you know, like, look, guys, God take care. He, he's taking care of grass. And if, if you look at the grass, if you look at the roses, if you look at the lilies, you need to admit that they are a lot better clothed than even Solomon. And I mean, Solomon was like a, the, the fashion icon in his time, right? Like, I do not know who's the fashion icon uh, in, the, in this day. It's, it's not me. It's maybe Matthew. Uh, you know, Jesus said, when somebody throws a stone at you, you throw a bread on him. So I'm trying to be nice to my brother-in-law here. <laughs> After what he has done this morning, but uh, uh, you know, so so but Solomon had it all, right? Like he had all the money, he had all the ladies, he had all the cars, he had all the uh, uh, everything. He had the best clothes, and Jesus says, you know, God provides for the flowers and for the lilies, and 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 they are better than even Solomon was. So why you, who are created to God's image, should worry? And here's a, here's a question for you. So when it comes to your salvation. Uh, what, what are all the things that you are trusting God with when it comes to your salvation? You trust God that he redeemed you from your sins in Christ, right? Like if you are born again, that's, that's by God's grace and by the work of his spirit in you. That's, that's, that's what you trust him with, right? Like you, you, you're not anxious about it. Uh, you trust God that he clothed you in Christ's righteousness, right? Like if you are in Christ... You're not anxious about it. You're like, yes, like, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'll, I'll be sinning. And I'm so thankful that God clothed me in Christ's righteousness. Nothing to be anxious about here. You probably also trust God that he will one day resurrect your physical body, right? Like, like that's why, even though it's super sad when a loved one dies, we, we, we can rejoice because we know that our physical bodies are going to be raised and they're going to be transformed and we are going to be with Jesus in our bodies and, and there's going to be no death and no suffering and no sickness and, and none of that. And, and, and we are not anxious about it, right? Like, and some of us, me, are looking forward, like, really, really, really bad for the glorified body, right? Like, it's like, yes! <laughs> and yes! <laughs> 
It's like, you know, I can go to gym or I can just wait for years, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's biblical because Paul said it's, it's more important to work on your godliness than on your, on your uh, like, like, a, like a physical thing, you know. So that's, that's one verse that I love. It's like, gym or reading the Bible? Reading the Bible. It's biblical. You know, you trust God that Jesus will one day come back on a white horse. Uh, no anxiety there. You know, it's going to be all right. Like, he's going to take us to himself. He's going to come back, and, and we are going to win. You trust him that he will take you to where he is and that he's preparing, uh, you know, places for you to be with him, right? Like, there is no anxiety. And what I'm trying to say is, if by God's grace you are trusting God with all these super humongous great and unimaginable things. Why in the world, as a child of God, you would not trust Him with your job, with your education, with your future spouse, with your marriage, with your kids, with, with, with what you are going to eat and what, what you are going to put on as, as a matter of a clothing? You know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, God, we trust you in these humongous things, but we are going to be worried about these little things. And Christ is saying, like, that's, that's not how it should be. Like, you are my children. I will provide for your salvation, and I will provide for your, for your stomachs and for your food and, and for your housing and everything. So why would you then worry about so much smaller things of your life? Very quickly, third glorious reason why not to be anxious is God knows what you need. And for the third time, Jesus commands his followers in this passage, do not, be, do not worry then. And it's in verse 31. Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. You see, you see what Jesus is doing? He's telling them, like, you know, don't worry, saying, what will we eat and drink? Why? Because your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And here are like just a couple of really briefly, a couple things that I want you to see uh, in, in, in verse 31 and 32. The first thing I want you to see is that Jesus is saying to his disciples, and he's saying to you, do not be like Gentiles, right? You see there? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. It's the Gentiles who are sinfully anxious. It's the Gentiles who depend on themselves. It's the Gentiles who depend on their money. But Jesus is saying, you are not Gentiles because you are redeemed. You are, you are, you are, you are your heavenly Father, your, your God is your heavenly Father. You know, do not be like Gentiles. And brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, every time you or I, whenever we are anxious, we are indeed acting like pagans, like Gentiles, like, like people who do not believe there is a God. Uh, we, are, we are acting like people without any hope, like a fatherless child who has to provide for himself. And the question is, you know, how, how is that kind of a living glorifying God? How is that reflecting to this world who God truly is? And how is that showing his majesty and his goodness and greatness? The second thing I want you to see in verse 31 and 32 is that Jesus already commanded his disciples to stop worrying. When Jesus said for the first time in this passage, don't worry, it, it was in, in, in the grammatical sense of, you know, if you are worrying right now, you need to stop it. <laughs> you need to stop it. And here are the reasons why you need to stop it, because you are in good hands. Good hands. But in this place, uh, when he's saying in verse 31, uh, do not worry then, it's not about... If you are worrying, stop. It's like what, what he means now, what he's saying now is, 
If you are not worrying today, do not start tomorrow. And basically these verses tell us, if you are worrying now, stop it. And if you are not worrying now, do not start tomorrow. And here are the reasons why. Because God, because Christ, because who you are in, in God. And number three, the reason for that uh, is that, uh, the, the reason for that is your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And this includes God's knowledge about everything, about your family needs, about your church needs, about everything. So don't waste your life by sinful anxiety, but rather replace it with seeking first his kingdom, right? That's, that's once again, like put off and put on. Like don't be sinfully anxious, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So focus on what matters. And what matters is that you will know him more, that you will trust him more, that you will submit to him more, that you will fulfill his plan more, that you will evangelize and disciple, that you will grow into Christ's likeness, that you will love his righteousness more, that you will hate your sin more, that you will repent and forgive more, and that, that you will be seeking his kingdom more by his strength, by his power, uh, by his grace. Do that, and you will don't have time to be anxious about other things. Do that, and you will be standing on a solid rock. And when the storm hits, you will not fall, not because of who you are, not because of your strength, not because of how wonderful you are, but because of who Christ is. And very quickly, and this is where we will wrap it up, last glorious reason why not to be anxious is because God doesn't give you more than you can handle. And once again, that's true in your life, right? Like, even, even if you remember the hardest times in your life, and, and we've been there, and you guys been there, you, you, you are sitting at midnight around the, around the dinner table with, with your wife, and you're, you're crying, and you're weeping, and, and, and you're just like done. And, and, you know, like six weeks ago, you thought that's the bottom, then there was another bottom, then there was another bottom, and surely now we are at that bottom, 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 bottom of the bottom. And it's like, okay, it's time to wrap things up. It's, it's time to move. It's time to go and, and do something else. And, and you're just like at the end. And then a new day comes. And new mercy comes. And new strength comes. And that's exactly what Christ is saying here. You don't have to be anxious because God, because God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. And please notice that the reason why you must not be anxious is not because there will be, there will be no problems and troubles, right? Like, like Jesus is not saying, you don't have to be anxious because I'm going to take care of you and there is, it's going to be easy and, and roses and you know, no thorns, it's going to be beautiful. But, but the reason is because God will not give you more than what you can handle. And, and other places in the, in the, in the scriptures uh, confirm that. Tomorrow will have enough of its hardships in this broken world. But God leaves them for tomorrow, not for today. Because he knows you and he knows that you are fragile. And he knows how much you can handle even better than you can. And, and you know that because you've been there. And you look back and it's like, man, like... We thought it's the end, but, but it wasn't. And, and, and God gave us just enough for that one day. And what we should do instead is praise him. 
praise him. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And that's, that, that's a reason to praise God because his mercies are new every morning and his faithfulness is great every day. So I'm going to wrap up this sermon with a poem. It's not a poem that I wrote. You don't have to worry. But before I read you the poem to send you home, I want to say one thing. If you are not born again this morning, if by God's grace you have not repented of your sins, and if by God's grace you have not placed your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then this sermon is not for you. Uh, if, you are, if, if you don't belong to Christ, uh, you, you have every, every reason to be anxious and to be worried. Why? Because judgment is coming. Because God, who is a loving God and gracious God, and, and who, who extends his mercy and grace to sinners like, like you and like, like I am, he's not going to do that forever. There is a day that he set on his calendar where he will judge the world, where he will, when he will judge the living and the death, and unless you are covered with Christ's righteousness, you are doomed. And, and you have every single reason to be anxious about because there will be nothing. There will be nothing you can do to escape his wrath. There's going to be no explaining. There's going to be no talking. There's going to be no laughter. There are not going to be any friends, any parents, nobody to stand up for you. It's going to be a righteous judge of this universe and you. He's going to do the talking you'll be silent, and you will know that you missed it. But the good news is that if you hear my words, God is being gracious to you this morning, and he is commanding you to trust in him, to repent of your sin, and to follow him. And uh, that's, a, that's a responsibility that's on you. And you don't have to go to a holy place. You don't have to come to a special person. You can do that in your heart right where you are this morning. But if you are in Christ, everything that was said in the sermon belongs to you and, and is truthful for you, and, and you can depend on that. And by God's grace and his, his Spirit, you don't have to be anxious. And here's this author, Overton, who wrote a poem called He Makes No Mistakes. And it goes something like this. My father's way may twist and turn, my heart may pound and ache, but in my soul I'm glad I know he makes no mistake. My cherished plans may go astray, my hopes may fade away, but still I'll trust my Lord to lead, for he does know the way. Though night, the, night be dark and it may seem, the day will never break. I'll pin my faith, my all in him, he makes no mistake. There's so much now I cannot see, my eyesight far too dim, but come what may, I'll simply trust and leave it all to him. For by and by the mist will lift, and plain it all he'll make, through all the way, though dark to me, he made not one mistake. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio from Twin Villages Church in Damariscotta, Maine. 
Feel free to share this message with others. And for more information about Twin Villages Church, visit twinvillageschurch.org. Soli Deo Gloria. Thank you.